the Dedan Kimathi papers, and it is a collection of papers written by Dedan Kimathi and other Mau Mau um, people, mm. but it was edited by a person called Maina Wa Kinyati mm. in 2009. <coughs> so I'm not actually going to go through a lot of the history of Dedan Kimathi, but just some few tidbits. Yeah. I think a lot of people know this, that when Nelson Mandela came to Kenya in 1990, just five months after he was released from prison, after 27 years, he came to Kenya to see Dedan Kimathi's grave, because he'd mm. heard about these Mau Mau fighters, and he wanted to know about the people who had inspired him exactly. in his own South African independence struggle. Yeah. So he came to see Kimathi's grave, and lo and there was no grave Nothing. and he said okay can I meet his wife yeah. and his wife was actually living in poverty in Nyeri yeah. so the Moy administration at that time were very embarrassed they should have been yeah and the other interesting <laughs> thing so they is declined. that they actually yes, they declined, they declined. Yeah. yeah he uh, did come back request to meet her yeah he did come back years later and he was yeah. able to meet her and they had put together some kind of haphazard um, grave site during mm. the Kibaki administration yes yeah. wow. so the other interesting thing is that the government of Kenya officially removed the Mau Mau off the terrorist list in 2003 why mm. did it take so it long it took so long God. And then they eventually honored Dedan Kimathi as a national hero in 2007 when they gave wow. him that copper statue. Wow. So I think it gives us a lot of insight into how brainwashed we became and in our failure to understand the people who liberated us. Yeah, to understand <coughs> and to appreciate. Appreciate yeah. as well, yeah. exactly. And so this book is an attempt to um, combine some of the original texts and documents written by those who participated in the Mau Mau struggle. Mm. So Dead and Kimathi, I think we can all agree, is one of the political and spiritual leaders of the Mau Mau movement. And as an individual, he strongly believed that part of the work that the Mau Mau did should be documented constantly and preserved for future generations to have and understand. Mm. And because of this, Kimathi insisted that every single guerrilla commander write a monthly report of activities, keep a report of the meetings, um, the minute meetings, and also make a um, note of the expenditure. Wow. So if you actually look in the book, you yes. see some of the expenditure. Yeah. They said that in this year they had 2.4 million, by the end of the year they had um, 400,000, yes. and they say that they had an excess of this. It's very detailed very amount organized. That, they are, yeah. that they kept. And so Dedan himself, as an individual, also kept, he had a habit of writing down all his observations of the struggles. And he believed that these documents, and I'm quoting him, these documents will be um, concrete evidence that we fought and died for this land. Mm -hmm. And so to preserve these historical documents, an underground archive was established in the Nyandarwa forest in 1953. So it was actually sent to the Kenya parliament. Mm -hmm. Is that what they were called? What, yeah, what the did Kenya, they do? Kenya parliament. So yeah. Kenya parliament was the governing body of the Mau Mau. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was sort of the way that they legislated, yeah. where the documents were sent, they sent memos, and you'll see that as we do our sections mm -hmm. on what exactly the Kenyan parliament would be about. Exactly. But it was basically a way of showing that they were capable of governing should they get independent. They were not just a ragtag yes. group of people, yes. right? Yes. And so in 1953, <coughs> they send all these archives to this forest in Yandarwa, and they have the, these men there to protect it as well. Mm. And I think that some people say that this could be considered as Kenya's first true national archive. However, in 1955, a KLFA turncoat takes the British forces and leads them to this archive. And they seize all the documents and letters which were in Kikuyu, in Kiswahili, mm. and in English. Mm. And they, the British then took these documents, they translated them, they indexed them, and they turned them into 14 volumes, each 30 pages long, and they titled them the Kimathi Papers. So that's about yeah, 420 yeah. pages total of letters that were collected. Wow. And they eventually sent them to the MI5, which is the intelligence unit in the UK. Mm. They sent it to the London Public Records, and then they kept some here in the Kenyan colonial office. But none of these were made public. 
And so Maina, the author and editor of this book, he argues that there may be two reasons why the colonial government were hesitant to make these things public. Yeah. Mm. And he says the first is that these documents confirmed the heroism of the Mau Mau movement and the support that Kimathi had amongst the uh, everyday Kenyans. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Two, it also exposed the brutality of the British government, something mm. that we, we know today. Mm. And two, <coughs> these texts describe the British and their um, Kenyan collaborators. And he quotes Fidel Castro as saying that these texts would um, expose the collaborators in terms which they actually deserved mm. and with words that could not be erased from history. Mm. And interestingly, Maina also points out that the independent Kenyan government, upon our independence, collaborated with the British government to continue to conceal these documents mm. under a joint British-Kenyan agreement that ensured that the documents would not be made public until 2013. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and so you're seeing that these texts, these letters, these documents were made for and made by thousands and thousands of unnamed Kenyans who joined together patriotically mm. to fight for the independence of this country. Yeah. And so this book, I think, begins to undo some of that anti-Mau Mau sentiment yeah. that we might have yeah. to really yeah, prove that it was a mm. good cause. I really mm. enjoyed yeah. reading it. And in the section I read, it was letters to Kenyan parliament. So mm. the people in the, in the forest, in the reserves, yeah. they would write to the Kenyan parliament, which is this governing body, and they would say things like, um, listen, I need you to mediate. There's mm. a commandant who's come into my area. He's in so it, there's insubordination going on. Or this person has, I've sent supplies to this person and they've not brought them back or mm. things like that. So, for instance, he would say, um, all the battalions and their commanders were documented, which meant that every, you couldn't just join a movement. Mm. Yeah. You had to send these, um, your details, your ID, your location, where you're from, who mm. your relatives are, mm. and then you would be uh, approved and brought into the movement, mm. which showed that just how organized they were. Yeah. There was also tactical and stri strategic dissemination. So when the land forces were being decentralized, a memo was sent out and you were told, okay, this is how you will mm. organize yourselves. And they would say things like, or rather, Dead and Kemadi would say things like, divide the army into smaller units as larger camps will be easy targets for yeah. the British forces. Yeah. He would also recommend people to join the army. So for one instance, he recommended a woman. And this is what he says. Her name was Hannah Wamoyo. Mm -hmm. And she says, she's an educated and in intelligent girl. She loves her country and her people very much. Although many educated women can't be trusted nowadays, <laughs> Wamoyo can be. Mm -hmm. And so she was trained as a nurse, and Dada and saw, you know what, we can pull her into mm. the movement and help her organize um, the hospitals. And then there were letters of encouragement. So especially after big losses of lives um, yeah. in, in different areas, he would say things like, <coughs> bad luck sometimes falls on people. So people like General Kago, who was yeah. fighting to liberate Moranga district, was mm. sent lots of these um, little pep talks, you know, mm. and he would say, the British talk of democracy, but is it democracy when hundreds of our people are sent to the cemetery for wanting their independence and land back? Yeah. So he advises General Kago, you know, keep fighting the yeah. good fight, right? Mm -hmm. Or even when General China surrenders. So yes. yes yesterday we talked about yeah. how General China surrendered betrayed, and people yeah. were like, he betrayed. And Dada did not mince his words, right? <laughs> he was like, if China thinks I will mortgage this great struggle to save his life, he must be crazy. Mm. So he was very emotive. Reading yeah. these letters shows you a whole other side of mm -hmm. Dada and Kamathi. The last thing I will say is when he's ordering books. So they would write these lists and they would send them off to the people who could buy the books in Nairobi mm. and places. Mm -hmm. And he was very into um, omens and dreams. So he would mm. often write about um, letters and say, listen, I dreamt about this. Mm. Mm. What does what this does it mean? mean? Right? And he would order, for instance, Napoleon's Book of Fate, um, Universal Dream Book, 
dreams and omens and how to live for a hundred years. Yeah, because yeah. he, he was very curious about, about what his yeah. There's a dream meant. he writes about in the yeah. last chapter of the book where yeah. he says he was taken into a prison camp. Yeah. Then the Mau Mau people came to take him out of the prison camp. Yes. He goes back into his hut and he finds two British soldiers and yeah. he hacks them to death. Kills and them. then just before he's about to go out and speak to his people and you know be applauded, yeah. he, he wakes, wakes up, up from the dream <laughs> and he says, yeah. "What does this mean?" What and I think it's mean? so ironic because yeah. that's how his life ended. He was mm. never able to see the struggle exactly. till the end. Exactly. So these letters went back and forth. So in this section, you know, there's letters to the Kenyan parliament, but there's also letters from the guerrillas to Dead and Kimathi, yeah. just showing how <coughs> much they appreciated yeah. him. So even the picture that the British then painted of him was so false mm. in terms of people really he was loved. cared about him. Yeah. But I think JM has he, a different... He was also brutal. Yes. Yeah. Well, f first of all, uh, you know, he was a man of remarkable leadership yeah. abilities, yes. as, you have, as you have mentioned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he truly deserved the title of Field Marshal. Field yeah. Marshal is the highest rank that you can obtain in any military uh, organization mm -hmm. and it's a title given only in wartime wow. you know when you have earned the the right, the, yeah. the, the right on the battlefield yeah. mm -hmm. to lead people lead campaigns organize. and you know organize people mm -hmm. communicate yeah. with them yeah. and he, he did that you know in a very spectacular way yes. yeah. Yeah. Um, and and it's probably why then uh, you know his his capture in 1956 uh, signaled the you know the really the beginning of the end of mm. the forest wars yeah. uh, for Mao Mao yeah. because he was really holding this whole thing together, together yeah. right? and he did that very competently. Yeah. So um, he 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 was um, he was both uh, uh, loved, but he was also feared mm. in equal measure. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and historians uh, some historians say that uh, that his his affinity for for being for wanting to be feared is actually what led to his downfall. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, as you may recall, Machiavelli says, it is better to be feared than loved if you cannot be both. Yeah. What he should have done is to attempt to be both. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he was, re he was quite, quite brutal. Yeah. And, 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 you know, he was a zealot. He was uh, fanatical, uncompromising about, it is true. Uh, about the fight, about mm, the struggle. Yeah. Um, and so, for example, he believed that all uh, Kikuyu men of a particular age should be uh, uh, oathed into Mau Mau, mm. and those who refused would be hacked to death, yeah. right? And 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 then the mothers of those who, of, of those who have been hacked to death would also would be, be hacked, hacked to, to death. death. Wow, mm. you know, <laughs> a ridiculous thing. Yeah. And 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 then um, there were the the uh, the oaths that would be administered by him, mm. and, and they were also very uh, you know severe and disgusting. Mm. Uh, and and people also refused to do these things, and once again they, they were, were killed. you know mm. they were killed. Yeah. So that brutality then um, got a lot of uh, people to become informers mm. and and to basically defect, sell him out yeah. to yeah. defect yeah. right yeah. now that, that and that's the other thing defectors uh and and A this lot. is the last thing i'll talk about yeah. uh the, the the letter from general china yeah. after he was captured yes to uh mm. asking them to yeah. surrender to him to absolutely yeah. and and so general uh china uh as you know entered into negotiations yeah. with the colonial government yeah. mm -hmm. and uh the colonial government uh, when they were interrogating him asked him uh, so why don't people desert? Why don't people surrender yeah. from uh, the Mau Mau? Yeah. And General China said, these guys fear dead and Kimathi. Yeah. Yeah. They, they fear his brutality. Yes, yeah. They will be killed. Mau Mau or death. death. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Um, and so basically in this letter, he sought direction from yeah. uh, Marshal uh, Kimathi mm. on several, on two items actually. Whether a peace conference uh, was, was, was possible mm. and, and, and whether it was a trick because the British were trying to get um, the, the Mau Mau to get Come into, you know, to, to get to surrender. Yeah. Yeah. 
and and here's what uh, here's what uh, Field Marshal Kimathi uh, said. He said, uh, "Call for peace negotiations was a trick. Mm. It's a trick." And and he said that because in August of '53 they had actually had a ceasefire yeah. so that they could attempt to negotiate for surrender. Uh, but while they did that, the British government ended up, uh, you know, killing his yeah. best soldiers, mm. wow. and so he lost faith in that process altogether. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, if uh, if 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 uh, if we're to meet with them, if yeah, if, yeah. if we were to surrender, they they had. He said we have three unconditional demands. Uh, demands. Yeah. The first is that the British government disarm its forces unconditionally. Mm -hmm. It release all political prisoners, and it recognizes Kenya's independence. Yeah. Wow. And I actually believe that uh, if if they got a chance to leave this country, yes. they could have done so confidently. Yeah. Maybe so we would be in a completely in a different, different Kenya. Kenya. Who knows? Right? Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. That's so so there's two sides to every story. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Devin said, work very hard for the people. Work without fear of death, for we will all die one day. Besides, to die for one's country is to live forever. Wow. And surely, Dedan lives forever.